Welcome back to the Broadway block. How are you feeling at the start of the season? Couple wins, tough loss in Columbus. Really didn't expect that there, but it was great to see Will Cooley get his first goal there. How are you feeling? Yeah, definitely more familiar Igor territory from the last game for sure. You know, the Jackets game, you could kind of smell that one coming a little bit that, you know, it could have been a trap game and it kind of reminds me of last year where we just didn't get off to the right start. And But what if those goals counted? Like those two yeah. like discounted goals and what was it, 3-1 three, three or 3-0 oh, we would have been up? I think it's really big to walk away with that uh, Coyotes game because they're off to a good start as well. And, you know, having... They beat the Devils like two nights before. Right. And I'm kind of kind of wearing the Coyotes maroon here. But I think we like walked away with that uh, with a huge victory there because it was it was a tight game and they kind of showed like you know that top line especially yeah what what you said about the arizona game i think this might be one of the best arizona teams they've put (laughs) forward in a while like i think they have a nice little mix of like obviously they always got young coming up but um with clayton keller obviously looks like he's gonna probably be a great goal scorer for them all year maybe even goes above 80 points and then you know you got jason Zucker and all the like, you know, old heads a little bit phased in there. So it was a great gritty win for us last night. I'm actually really curious to chat with Matt today and see what he has to say about the games. Yeah, we got a great guest coming on today, Matthew Mugno of the Hockey News. What did you like about the game last night? Thanks for having me on. First and foremost, Broadway Block. I've seen a lot of your stuff, you know, online. So it's a, you know, it's great to connect and uh, actually be within touch. But um. Yeah, I mean the game last night. Uh, I think overall, like the atmosphere was awesome, and then I think the product on the ice, you could see how it was a stepping stone, and I think that's exactly what it is. Like, um, you know, it's not a hundred percent clean, c- complete. That's what Laviolette said. Mika Zbanejad said that in the post game as well. But it's the right stepping stone. You're you, you're seeing change on the ice, and I think that's what's pleasing the fans the most. Totally. I mean, even opening night and then you go into the jackets it kind of felt like the blue jackets were the antithesis of the rangers and when we go into there we're supposed to win and then you know they just put on this show it felt like we're facing the devils again where it's like one team one night and then you have a complete opposite just sloppy team no discipline it's like how do you get both products out of the same group and you know i think la violette has the room. I think there's a huge buy-in from the team right now. And mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see how many of these we can kind of get out of the way and take some momentum. Whereas it felt like if this were to happen last year, Gallant would have just shuffled the deck and we would have had those consequences to live with. But I think standing pat in those decisions and then riding it out to a nice victory is is important for sure. Yeah, I think Laviolette is thorough. I think in all the press conferences he's held, even this is going back as far as, you know, a few weeks ago with groups A, B, C. You have three different groups running. He's meeting with the press, you know, after like group B. So you get a good look at some of the NHL guys already. And he had a lot of questions hurled his way. New coach, New York market. And he had an answer and a reason for everything. And I think that's something that for Gallant, it was something that was a defense for the players. But that's what got old. Uh, I know Johnny's talked about this actually on your show before. I think with LaViolette, even after the first game, you know, he was taking a lot of questions and had reasons behind everything. Lineup changes, four check, neutral zone, 
why certain players were certain playing in certain positions. Uh, and I think he also has the right message that it's not going to be one game. I think that's that's huge because, like you said, that you saw that game in Columbus. You wanted to see a response and a bounce back, and you want to see kind of momentum shift and build. And I think they'll have that opportunity against the Nashville Predators. And again, home game. Uh, it's it's something where there's reasons behind everything. And I think that's at least knowing that makes the result seem like it's, you know, not something that's directly from like a negligence. I definitely think the Nashville game is a winnable game for us. I mm-hmm. Before you joined, we were touching base and we were saying, I kind of think Nashville doesn't really have an identity this year. Like, you know, they kind of re like rebuilt a little bit, you know, took on some heavy veteran contracts. And, you know, now that it's a different GM down there, Barry Trotz running the show, I, I think it could be a good game for us. And we seem to play the last few seasons, Nashville really tough. Then we play the Kraken, which is like going to be a tough game. So that after we get these like, you know, first couple game jitters out, I think going forward, obviously Igor looked great last night. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the putting so much pressure on him. I mentioned to Steve before the last minute of play for Rangers hockey for me of every period is like, I'm on the couch. My wife's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, um, <laughs> it just needs to end. It just needs to end. Yeah, I think uh, Igor looked really sharp. I think he's ready to go. One of the quotes that came out of camp was that he, uh, we're going to see a different Igor, right? And I think you're seeing that in his, you know, just his prep, his day-to-day. He, you know, Vesna winner. We're talking about a true competitor. And I mean, you saw even at the end of last night's game, he got in the mix, right? He's always, he's always in the, you know, kind of in the mix of of the emotions of the game, the competitive side of the game. He stops that penalty shot late. Um, I do think, though, something that's going to help and and something that's going to adjust over time is the way the neutral zone play was. You saw MSG was reacting to the way that the Coyotes are kind of jump-starting things in their own end to break out up ice. The Rangers are sitting back. Something we've played against before. We played a, a form of that one three one against the Devils, and we play that against the Islanders. The Rangers have, you know, played that against the Islanders for years now under Trots, who you just mentioned. So I think for the Rangers to be employing that now, you're seeing how they can they can defend in layers now. You have two, three skaters on one player trying to break in the zone. That's just not what you were seeing in the Gallant system. And I think it's a nice change for the team. They're adjusting to it. And I think that's also going to take time. It was working against Buffalo first game. Got that out of the way. The Coyotes, I think, were able to break in a few times. But when the Rangers were able to reset after a line change and get into that neutral zone play, I think they were controlling. And I, I do think it helped Igor out a lot from the back end. You know, everybody needs help. Igor, obviously, is one of the best in the game. But you mm-hmm. can't hang them out to dry every night, and you can't rely on that. And I think oh, yeah. not only what you said about the layers of the defense, but it has to be that's the mindset, and that's the the fail safe, and that's the structure. And then let your skill and your talent and the opportunity show themselves when a team gets frustrated, because inevitably it is kind of frustrating. Like I don't know if you watch fighting, but when someone's not swinging and you're a counter striker, it's like it's the most frustrating thing. You can't you can't get your game started and you rely so much on the opponent that if if you just stand there doing nothing, they almost can't get started. And and that's when you're going to kind of capitalize on opportunities. And the other thing I feel like is 
you know, we always get into these like all out like fire wars where it's very back and forth, you know, one end of the ice and kind of have always relied on either Igor bailing us out or our star power to like score us a goal. But I feel like if we can rely on the defensive aspects of the game to start to show those opportunities, I mean, look out because it's one of the the categories that we've really kind of missed on over the years and that neutral zone five on five play specifically um, is like the one thing that you could change to make this team like a real powerhouse. Yeah, I thought what was noticeable last night at the home opener was two separate shifts where you saw Panarin, Lafreniere, Hedl's line and Mika's line completely take over and control in the offensive end. And one was in the first period and one was halfway through the second period. I think that's good because, you know, teams need to win in more than one way. Laviolette said it last night. You're going to have to find different ways to win. Sometimes it's five on five play where you're controlling in the offensive end. Sometimes it's how you saw Heedle break into the zone a few times with speed from your, you know, south to north. So I think there are different ways to beat different teams. And I think like a team, if you're playing the Carolina Hurricanes, you want that quick breakout, fast offensive rush where you're going up ice three on two, you know, odd man rushes, things of that nature. You speed up ice. But there are teams that you're going to want to control in the zone, kind of break them down. And we saw that. We saw that with the shift. I know you guys were probably losing your minds when you were watching that game as I was. And I think when you saw that, that's kind of was a moment where everyone believed like, all right, the, the, the kids are ready to go. You know, we're we're possessing. We're kind of taking it to a Tampa Bay Lightning team that I don't think many thought, you know, nobody really thought that the Rangers would be playing at that point in the season. And I think that got lost last season was five on five play where they're controlling in the zone. They have that offensive zone pressure. It's from the four check. It's from neutral zone play. And I think there were two shifts last night that stood out to me that the team was engaging in that. And it was from two of the top lines. Yes, but it was from your forward lines. The fourth line I thought also controlled and did a pretty good job cycling and keeping his own too. I thought the only line that didn't stand out was the third line, Trocek, uh, Cooley, Wheeler. Yeah, and then we've seen them have their moments a few times, and obviously Trocek gets the game winner, and that's you know going to happen a few times where you get maybe not the prettiest goal to to get you there, but like you said, you're going to have to figure out more than one way to do that. I think mm-hmm. you know the top two lines dominating play. That's actually kind of what you want to see, you know, like them leading yeah. the dance. Great, it's also a new line. I'm interested to see what you think as you have a little bit of a closer view um, from your vantage point. Artemi Panarin, talk to me, man. Because is it is it just the way I'm seeing the game? Because he looks like... It's got to be the haircut, right, guys? It's got to be called <laughs> Temi Panarin now, right? I heard Sam was saying that on the uh, on air last night. Um, 25 shot attempts. And you know, it's funny. Last season, he came in and he said that, you know, he wanted to kind of shift back to that Columbus mentality. And that got me up like that. And, you know, I I looked and I said, you know, if he can kind of bring that, what we saw from his, his final year in Columbus to New York, um, or find that again, you already have the playmaking at least, you know, he could also, I mean, listen, he put up 29 last year. I think it's not about something I noticed. And I know this is, I'm going to talk more about kind of what I've seen from training camp too, from him, but I don't think, it's about the total. I think it's about when he's scoring. 
And I know we're going to talk, you know, part of that talk is playoffs too, but part of it's like he had four overtime goals in Columbus before he came to New York. The expectation was the season where the Rangers rebuilt before they were able to select Kako, trade for Truba, and sign Panarin. 2018, they lost 10 overtime games. And if they won those 10 overtime games, they were at least in the wild card conversation. Granted, they were not a good team, not, you know, obviously it was stripped down to rebuild. But at the same time, you look and you say, all right, like if we could get a game breaker that could put up a few overtime goals or not just overtime goals, game winners, game tires. Well, now you're completely, you know, you're in the conversation. Now, springboard a few years ahead. The Rangers are in contention, but it's more about the time, you know, the timing of those goals. Now, something that I think surprised me, and it's it's the NHL, right? Like there's always a surprise in the way the lineups shape up. Everybody has their predictions and they always get kind of tossed aside. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be like Philip Heedle, Panarin, and Wheeler. And that was the looks the first few days at camp. And Lafreniere got his looks on the off-wing top line. Kako earned that position. I thought Kako worked for that in camp. He actually started on the third line with Trocek and Goodrow um, in camp. And that was like the first week. And then into the second week, because then the group started shaving down and everyone was like, man, like, I don't know if many people are going to like that Kako starting down there. Lafreniere's experiment kind of ran its course. And then I think obviously the start of the season surprised everybody with that. I think what's happening with Panarin though specifically is he's moving less east to west. Um, and I think you saw that obviously as a playmaker. He's a player that's had a number of three assist, four assist games. I think what's happening is you're seeing him go play a little more straight lines in his game. And it's based on Philip Heedle driving at, down the center lane. I think Philip Heedle is dynamic when he's in the zone. He's a great four checker and he's learned that over time. But something that's always been part of Philip Heedle's game was his end-to-end skating ability. He's very fast. In fact, Vince Mercogliano wrote a piece last season talking about who's faster, Chris Kreider or Philip Heedle. Like those two are the top skaters at the forward position in the organization. So I think Philip Heedle's driving play, that's how he skates. And I think Panarin's adapting to that to play make not only just for Heedle to bounce off of Heedle, but I think they're learning that, you know, their speed game is actually really efficient. And I think that's what's led to their success in their shot attempts. We know Panarin plays on the power play, not with Heedle and Lafreniere, but I do think that that's where his, like Panarin's not the fastest skater, but he's a playmaker. You know, you get him active through the neutral zone. You got Heedle, Lafreniere, Panarin moving up through numbers. You saw that first goal of the season from Lafreniere was a backdoor tap on a great pass from Panarin, but it was because they were moving up ice. So I think it's it's more of straight line hockey. It seems like he has a chip on his shoulder a little bit. Kind of, I like what you said there about like the Columbus days, because he always looked like he was mad that he got traded to Columbus. Like he didn't want to be there. Like, why'd you get rid of me? I thought you guys were going to build around me. But last night with Panarin, he just looks different on the power play too. Like he doesn't look like that same Panarin just waiting around. He also Mm -hmm. looks like he's shooting a little bit more, which is great because we know our power play last year after 2022, it was fantastic. Last year, it looked dismal at best. So this year, obviously, something you said at the beginning of the show, LaViolette schemes, like, obviously, he's implementing that on the power play, too, which is we obviously needed a refresher because our special teams last year was horrific and we relied on that which kind of got boosted us on that run in the playoffs 
but last year it was it did not look good. Everyone figured us out, and so I'm hoping this year, like obviously, what were we one and four in the first game in the power play? It wasn't very good, but like it, you could see, there's going to be a difference, and that power play is going to be electric once it gets going. Yeah, and you know something that obviously is to note is since the Rangers have established themselves, everybody gets up to play them. Connor Ingram's yeah, we've in said we've it. said that on like everybody. We we've even said now, look at the Devils. Everyone's going to come to the Devils ready to play them. Yeah, and you saw that the first game, right? Like Arizona looked pretty good that first game against. Cool, you looked great I, for I them. I was like, bit, what is going on? Yeah, you know, to teams when when you win, it's in every sport. So obviously that you have going as well. So I think for the power play though, the the Rangers again, like you're saying. They're shifting some things. You know, Kreider's still the net front. had still taken one-timers. But what I did like to see was that there was more movement. Valquette talks about it a lot, that you don't want on the power play your players like in the same position. You want them to be crossing and moving. The more movement you could get, the the that's the way you loosen up. That's the, the where the carries. pocket passes open up, the zones everywhere, yeah. Yep, and I think what was great to see was that Panarin shot that puck because he was floating toward... Whereas the bandage ads normally lined up, they open that up. So I do think there's aspects to the game that are small changes, but there are small adjustments that are working. And part of that's on the man advantage. And the new guys look like they kind of are fitting in. Like it doesn't, I feel like the most Rangers thing is we get someone new and it takes them like a month and a half to get used to the scheme, the new team, everything. So that has been nice. Like, and obviously Cooley has looked been good. And something mm-hmm. you said, He's really been clogging up the neutral zone. Last night, obviously not as good. Got the assist. That was great. I, I can't wait to see him all year. I, I might be buying a Cooley jersey by the end of the season. Yeah, I think something about Will Cooley that, you know, he worked in camp. Um, I don't think, obviously, I don't think anyone thought from the outside looking in like that. He really had a great chance. You know, second round pick, you figure, all right, he's in the mix. But I think what his impressed the most is the fact that when at the facility, he he's there taking shots. He's there practicing tippins. He's there working on anything after the normal ice slot. Normally it's like 45 minutes to an hour. And the last like 10, 20 are really just players like getting extra shots in. And he's always out there. And I think that's the, the part of his game He's he's a hard worker. So I think, think that's going to go a long way for him. And like you said, you know, scores that first NHL goal. I think it's starting to show that he's kind of everything that was advertised about him is true. And it only benefits the Rangers. I thought at the beginning of the season that Trocek, Wheeler and Kreider would be a good combination. But then the question was, well, you take Kreider away from Zibanejad. Now, what? how do you shuffle things up top? So I think it actually benefits the organization tenfold because now you can have Crowder and Zibanejad together. You're able to place Trocek at the three C position. And clearly your second line clicked with Heedle and Lafreniere Panarin. Like you have Heedle now as the two C, but it makes her, it just makes your lineup deeper. You know, I don't think it's a knock on any of the, uh, on any of the assets the Rangers have. I, I just think it makes your team deeper and wherever they fit that can benefit the team is good. You saw Brett Howden, with the Vegas Gold Knights, he was playing with Chandler Stevenson, who was kind of a throwaway for the Capitals, and Mark Stone, who was a huge pickup for the Vegas Golden Knights at a trade deadline. So 
those combinations, you know, it's not and always look out. They're three and zero this year already. Right. And, and something, you know, Brett Howden was on our fourth line. They couldn't really figure out what to do with them. And he did take a lot of flack from, I think, New York media fans. Yet he fit well with Chandler Stevenson. Like, if that's what's going to work with Will Cooley and Vincent Trocheck, I'm all for it. Yeah. It's something uh, that you mentioned about Panarin uh, being a playmaker and the distinction between that of a heedle that is a play driver, I think is so important because mm-hmm. on that second line, it seemed to be that we were forcing Panarin to be this person that he wasn't, where, you know, kind of saw some hesitation and, you know, he, quote unquote, the, the goofy shit at the blue line, because, you know, he's trying to, to force something and we've we've seen him try to put a pass through a lane that maybe was ill-advised and i think to your point making those those lanes a little bit more clear gives uh, a complementary aspect to that line where where panarin would maybe be best fit i know this is going to sound crazy but like maybe in a position where he's not the one who has to be counted on where he can be a complementary aspect because he's so lethal with his shot he's so lethal with his passing ability but as a complimentary piece now and and Heedle kind of taking those reins, I, I said it before the season started that like if Heedle takes on to that second line center position, that that jumps his total expectation up from like, you know, the low 60s maybe to like definitely the high. Maybe we're talking 70s. And I was like, I was like just beautifully picturing like 72 for 72. Like it sounds like something that could happen, I feel like. And when you watch them have a little bit of chemistry and then you kind of think like, you know, what else do we need? You know, we, I've talked about this a lot with Joe on on the show. And, you know, it's fun to kind of walk another team down and kind of think like, oh, we have a better center than them. Well, we have a, a better number one defenseman than them. We have a better goalie than them. We have a better top line than them. You know, then you start to think like we can beat every team and we beat so many teams that we maybe shouldn't have over the years that that I have that confidence and then you know you sometimes you play to the level on a team that maybe shouldn't have have brought you there but compounding all this success and finding some momentum in it is really exciting and I I can't wait that you know we have something good to look forward to a, a little bit before we we broke with you was we talked about if you know we lose that Coyotes game it's one to two, you know we're one and two and you just lost the two teams that you maybe shouldn't, but I think that this was a huge step, you know, in getting that home ice win. Guy won a car, vibes were crazy, you know, and, yeah. and you just like start it that way uh, was hugely important. Looking forward to the rest of the year, and and thanks again for jumping on with us. I'd be happy to to make time for you again in the in the future. Yeah, of course, guys. I mean, I'll be in touch for sure, and uh, I think this season, you know. Kind of, I guess, the final note, the the cherry on top of everything is is the fact that the promise and the expectation was that Laviolette extract the most out of this team. And I think the offseason was a long one because you didn't really have assets coming in. It was just we had to trust that what Laviolette was going to do the first you know few weeks of training camp in the preseason, all of it was kind of like, all right, like, proofs in the pudding. Let's see what happens when the regular season begins. And I think we're already seeing that there are changes, there are adjustments, and it's not perfect, but it's a step in the right direction. And like you said, results right now in the season are could be important later on. So I think next time we talk, we'll be talking about either some wins or losses that are big and 
they got a big road trip coming up. So I'll be in touch, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank Thanks, you, brother. Let's go Rangers. Have a good night. Let's go Rangers.